Hallelujah. <laughs> Say hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. 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 We just wait on the Lord. We just wait on His precious Spirit. We jam me down just a tad, just a tad. We just wait upon the Lord because it's a good thing because He's moving us. He's moving us, and we're following him. I said he's moving us, and we're following him. It's not enough that he tries to lead us, but we must follow him. Like the children of Israel, when they, when they saw the pillar of fire at night, and the cloud by day, they still had to follow. There's a following. I said there is a following that you and I must follow and, and get into if, if we expect God to intervene in our lives. This morning, I wanna, we're going to talk about being led by the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about being led by the Spirit, but not because we have to, but because it's important. It's more than just we have to. It's, 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 it's life-changing. When you can find out and you can learn that you no longer have to walk around in darkness, that your life doesn't have to be, um, it doesn't have to be followed by a, a list, a following list of failures and mistakes, but you can live a life that where you, end, where you know where you're, you're going. Life is a roadmap and a lot of people don't know where they're going. There are moves of the Spirit that are much like the, the, the direction and following the direction of our lives. When the move of God happened, many, many, don't, many, know, many, part, many are a part of what's happening with God. They're able to follow the prompting of God and step into their destiny. And, then, and like a move of God, then there's some that wondered what happened. And then there's some who don't know what happened. And there's a lot of people who don't know what happened. Because they don't allow themselves to get close enough. Close enough to God. You know, when Moses went up to the mount and God picked him up and put him in the cliff, the scripture says he had a visitation with God. And yet everybody could have went with him, but they didn't go with him because they were afraid. But now we have, we have the great one living on the inside of us. The one that the, we have the Holy Spirit, the one who walked with Moses, the one who, who was part part of the opening of the Red Sea, living on the inside of us. Many of us use electricity every day and we don't even see it. But many of us have the Holy Ghost living on the in inside of us and never use it. We never follow it. We pay, the, we pay for the pres uh, uh, subscription like a magazine subscription, but we never, we fail to open up the magazine. We, we fail, we, we pay for the 220 channels of, but there's no way you're going to watch all those 220 channels because it's too much. But see, God is, is, not, is not so much that you can't spend your time with him and learn where he's leading your life. And like those 20, some 220 channels are out there, they're not in there to direct your life in a way that's positive. It's the world's way, the world's direction. See, there's two paths, two paths. People think they're doing their own, they're doing their own path. 
You're not doing your own path. If you're doing your own path, it's the dark path. There's only two paths in life. There's light and dark. To think that you're just doing your own thing, you're not doing your own thing. Because by in thinking that you're doing your own thing, you're doing darkness. And in darkness, there is pain. There is suffering. In darkness, there is no... How shall I say? There's a certain amount of wisdom in darkness. Because even the scripture says there's wisdom in it. It appears to be wise. But it isn't wise. It's darkness that leads you into, that leads you into suffering. It's, 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 it's the wisdom that leads to separation. It's the wisdom that destroys and, and, and keeps you from reaching what God has intended for your life. To leave you a dung heap. To leave you, to leave you shipwrecked. To leave you unuseful to the things of God. And God doesn't want to leave you useless. He doesn't want to leave you dissatisfied with your life. So that's why it's important you be led by the Holy Ghost. To be led by His Spirit. It's so important. It's vital. I said it's vital. And you've got to treat your life as something special. Your time here on earth is a unique amount of time that you have. Because it doesn't last. It goes by quickly. That's why it matters what church you go to. Because you can go to a church where there's no life, and then you end up going to a church where there's, there's, there's death. Because you're taking up doctrine that is not going to help you. Because you, you need life. We need life. I need life. I, I don't need entertainment. And sometimes we don't understand what the, that, that word entertainment means. Well, I came to worship. I got entertained. They did such a good job. It was just, I, I just wanted to dance because they were dancing. They got me excited. Well, that's, that's, that's good, but that shouldn't always be the case. There should be no prompting. You know when you can tell when a child is, is mentally developing? Because they do stuff on their own. You don't have to tell a child to mature to brush his teeth. Because they start doing it on their own. At some point, you move out, you're going to have to start brushing your teeth. You're going to have to start making your own bed. You're going to have to start to clean your own house. And if you want a wife, you're going to have to start taking a shower, boys. It's amazing what people will do when they start finding motivation. What was it, John Osteen's mother? She used to chew tobacco all the days of her dad's, or her, I guess it was his mom's. His mom used to chew tobacco. She, she, she was addicted to that old snuff. I can't quit that snuff. Even when all those years she was married to her husband, she couldn't quit the snuff. Said, I can't quit that snuff. That's just that hard, that snuff, it's just too hard to quit. And then one day, years ago later, his, his father passed away and she still couldn't quit. But one day, she saw this cute little cute man in the church. And she goes, oh, I'm afraid to go approach that man. He's so cute. He's so handsome. She goes, well, Mama, why don't you talk to him? He seems like a real nice man. I can't because if he finds out I dip snuff, he won't want anything to do with me. So what did Mama do? She quit her snuff. She quit dipping. What was it? It was how bad your want to was. How bad do you want your life to get better? And sometimes the deception is, is that you, 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 you feel comfortable with where you're at. And that's dangerous. That's very dangerous. Now, it's not always about stuff. And I think some people get confused that, that we follow God so that we can get the stuff and the stuff will make us happy, but the stuff won't make you happy. Stuff never makes you happy. It doesn't. It's kind of nice to see God coming through and helping you and getting you into things and moving you to things, but then you have to live with one another. You got into a nice house, but now you have to live with one another in peace. And sometimes people think that if we get the stuff, we'll be happy. One day, if I get this car, I'll be happy. If I get this house, I'll be happy. But then joy never comes because they're always looking for the stuff to be happy. And see, there's a leading and a prompting by the Spirit that will always leave you Feeling full of joy. That's right. That's right. Amen. And you and I, we need joy. I said, you and I, we need joy. 
We need to walk away from here feeling as if though we have learned something about ourselves, learned something about what's more important. What am I following today? Am I following what I want or am I following what he has designed and purpose for my life? See, a couple weeks ago, I talked about following God. And I, I talked about a vision I had. I, will, I don't think I feel released yet to talk about it, but on a personal note, the, 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 the path that I followed in my dream got narrower and narrower to the point where it felt constricting. But then at one point, I just like, you know what? I'm not going to allow this constriction to bug, bug me. But at the end of it, it felt like I told my wife, it felt like everything, the, the environment that I in, it seemed to bloom outward. The, the environment that I was seemed like it like it kind of exploded out, but but the only way to, that's how I initially first, but it initially said it. But what I realized it was sort of like a blooming, like a flower. You know how the Bible talks about Solomon in all his days was not arrayed like one of these little ones. What was he replying to about the lilies of the field? What was what 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 were they? What were these lilies doing? They were living out to the very fullness of their life. Their life was lived to such an extent they fulfilled the plan of God. They bloomed. Yeah. And your life is like that flower wanting to bloom. Yes. Your, God has put you on a path. He's put you in a way that sometimes it feels like it's constricting, but it's there only for your full, total and fulfillment of your life. Come on. Come on. That's right. You're not designed to live restricted. Eating everything you want will not give you joy. Sleeping with whoever you want will, will not satisfy you. Drinking whatever you want to drink will not, will not uh, 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 quench your thirst. It won't quench it. It won't quench it. You need to thirst of him. You need a hunger after him. These things, these things change you. These things help you. And then when we do eat and drink and do what we want to do, it's because we're medicating. I said we're medicating because we're ignoring what God has put in our hearts to do. And so we medicate ourselves because we're afraid to do it. But really the reality is there's joy in the doing of it. There's joy in doing what God told you to do. There is no suffering with it. You know, I, I told someone a while ago, I go, I felt really kind of, you, sometimes you can just feel like you're being picked on by God. But he's not picking on you, he's helping you. Yes. He says, I don't, want you, I don't want you going to Starbucks anymore by yourself and sitting in the lounge. And drinking coffee with your friends, don't do it. You think that, that, was, that, that was not easy for me. I told Pastor Malia, says, I think you're addicted to coffee. I said, it's not an addiction, it's a love affair. I love my coffee, but then the Lord's dealing with me. Don't love your coffee because because I like drinking the coffee. I like seeing the guys. Hey, let's talk baseball. Talk about baseball, and I love that kind of stuff, right? But God doesn't want my attention all on that stuff, and so God starts dealing with me about just letting that go. Now I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about all this, but you know, sometimes this stuff just gets pulled on. You just start going in these directions, and you start following these trails because they're important. Amen. I've learned you just follow the trail that the Lord puts in front of you and, and you get life. It's the telling yeah. of these stories. Yeah. Some, pe some people th say, well, you know, I wish I was a, I, w I don't have, a, I don't have a, uh, a story like some people have, a great testimony. You know, I have a great testimony how God delivered me of drugs or delivered me, delivered me from alcohol, delivered me. I don't have that kind of testimony. I, well, that's a great testimony. Jesus didn't have that testimony. And look at how everybody followed him. You don't need to have that type, type of testimony. But he learned to follow the Spirit. And look where it got him. See, the width of what we ought to learn is, is not so much, how should I say? It's not how much I can follow my plan, but how much I can follow God's plan. How much can I follow God's plan? So open our Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter, chapter 14. Verse 10. With every leading, there is a gentle prompting. When I first was learning to be led by the Spirit, um, it was a very interesting time in my life because I didn't realize how, 
I don't want to say easy it was, but I didn't realize how, I, I, don't, I don't even till this day don't know how to put it into words, so I won't go there yet until I kind of get a grasp of how I want to communicate that to you. But I will say that initially it was easy. It seemed like the voice was very loud. And then, and then I would question, is that God? But then I got to the point where I knew it was God enough times to where I, I stopped saying, is that God? Yeah. And then, then I got to the point where when God talked to me, I stopped going, hooray, you and God told me the same thing because God, God was talking to everybody the same way. And maturity comes knowing when he's talking to you and when he's not talking to you to the point where it no longer became a, a word to say, hey, it was, it was anything. It was more like a nudge and I knew it was him. It didn't have to be, there didn't have to be an explanation anymore because I knew enough. It was more like, it was more like God going like this to me. That was it. That's all I needed. I didn't need to confer anymore. I didn't need to discuss it any further. And see, our lives, we need to get to that point to where we're not always constantly, I just need to hear from God. I just need to, hear. no, you've got to get to the point where you obey what he's told you the first time. If you're not obeying what he tells you the first time, then the struggle will be on. Then it'll be hard to hear from God. Then, then the trials will come. Then you think you have problems now, but the more you keep ignoring the voice, the more the problems get around you get louder to where I remember Brother Hagin was talking about this some years ago. He said, you know, uh, he was talking to Jesus and Jesus manifested in front of him. I said, Jesus manifested in front of him. And when Jesus manifested in front of him, he was talking. And as, he was as Jesus was trying to talk to him, there was a devil and he kept going, yeah, 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 yeah. It was like a little monkey going, yeah, 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 yeah. And he said like, like, he's thinking, Jesus, is Jesus not going to do anything about this? Jesus, I mean, he's Jesus. Why isn't Jesus, he's Jesus. Why isn't Jesus doing anything? He's, yeah. he's thinking to himself. Yeah. And finally he said, hey, you shut up. You knock it off. Go, hmm. yeah. Yeah. The demon finally got quiet and, and took off. He says, you get out of here. He says, Jesus, why didn't you do anything about this? He says, I couldn't. He goes, what do you mean you couldn't? You, you mean you wouldn't? He goes, no, I couldn't. I couldn't do anything. See, many of God is wanting to talk to you and I. But there are things that are in our way that are keeping us from listening. And he's saying, get it out of the way. Because it's keeping you from total fulfillment, total victory. It's keeping you dissatisfied. It's keeping you hungry. It's keeping you thirsty. And all you have to do is use your voice and get behind me, Satan. So that you can hear clearly what the voice of the Lord is saying. And over here in, in 1 Corinthians 14 verse 10 it says, There it may be so many kind of voices in the world and none of them is without significance. There are many significant voices. So many that will tell you what's important and what's not important. Some will say this is important right now and you ought to, this, ought to, this ought to be in the forefront of your mind. No, it's not. And you should know better when something's important. You should know enough in your heart what's important and what's not important. Because there's too many people who will take advantage of you telling you this is important you need to pay attention. And all they have is an agenda. All it is is a distraction. All it is is a ruse. To keep, your, keep you and keep you, to, yeah. to pull your attention of what's important. Yeah. That's right. And that's how the devil works, people. Yeah. Yeah. Did you hear what I said? That's how the devil, he distracts you. Yeah. He distracts you from what's important yeah. away to what's unimportant. Right. Or to you. Mm -hmm. He brings your distraction to you. Uh -huh. It's all about you now. Yeah. It's all about your feelings. Yeah. It's all about your emotions. Yeah. Look at that little paper cut you got in your finger. Doesn't that hurt? My God, that's terrible. Yeah. You, better, you better call an ambulance. Yeah. It's the worst paper cut ever. 
And then you've got other people with, with more severe wounds on their body but you're, and going through way more worse than what you are, but you're making it well known what you're going through to everybody else. That's not following the leading of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit says, I know you have pains. I know you have worries. I know you have heavy yokes on you. Lay it on me and I will give you rest. Lay it on me and I will give you rest. Romans 8, 14 says this, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. It's not enough to be a son and not listen. You hear what I said? It's not enough to just be a son and not listen. When someone's your son, that son listens to you. Right, men? You're the father. And son, you're the son. If I've spoken to you, you listen. Well, this other man told no, you listen to me because I'm the only voice that matters in your life. You would not take your son back talking to you and say, well, this guy told, he's not your father. I'm your father. And you wouldn't, he would not have to remind you of his lordship in your life because he's your father. He's responsible for your life. He has to answer to God for you. He has to answer God how he raised you or how he didn't raise you. How many of you remember Eli, how he broke his neck? Because, because in the end, he, did, he, he was afraid to correct his own sons. That's why it's important when you're a father to be the man that God called you to be. To train your, child, your children in the way they should go. So when they get old, they don't depart. Men, we should never practice wickedness in front of our children or talk wickedly in front of our kids. And expect them to live a different and better life. Because they will live up to the life that we model to them. But we model righteousness. We, 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 we model temperament. We model self-control. We model meekness, kindness, tender-hearted, long-suffering, forgiveness. But we are not tyrants, demanding of others of what we're not able or not willing to do ourselves. If we become tyrants, all we do is raise slaves. That one day will just run and flee and, and resent us. Then we have kids that, run, that live like runaway slaves. And they don't want, they, don't, they, they see your life as nothing but bondage. Because you, you weren't willing to do the things that you were supposed to do yourself. Why, why would you lay this yoke on me? You, you don't do it. But he says, God says, the Father says, come, come take of me. My yoke is easy. My, my burden's light. That's why it's so important that we live righteously before our children. Men and women of God. Not just men, but women as well. We are the leaders at the forefront of our home. Amen? <clears throat> Romans 8, 16 says this, that the Spirit itself, himself, bears witness with our spirits that we are the children of God. Your spirit bears witness that you're his. There's, when you look at your son, he bears witness that you are his son. You look at him. You look at his face. I look at my nephews. I see the likeness of their mother and their father. I look at my daughters, especially Olivia, and I see myself. With all her splendid talent and uh, people say, where did she get her singing ability? From her father, of course. Teasing. From grandma. Grandma's claim making claim make, everyone's making a claim on that one right away. What kind of influence are we leaving? What kind of testimony are we, are we leaving behind? Our, 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 our mind should always be bigger than just ourselves. It's what kind of legacy am I leaving behind? Was it Papa was a Rolling Stone? He was never committed to one alone. Mm -mm. 
not this guy. I want to model that I love my kids. I want to model to them that the first and most important relationship in my marriage is first God, second my wife, and kids, you are somewhere between third, fourth, and fifth. <laughs> if you play your cards right. Because yeah. right. mom is number one, no matter what. And I'm not going to, and, and when you guys leave this house, I'm not going to leave you damaged between me and her. I'm not going to leave resentment between, between me and her because I, I allow you to get in between us. No, it's just me and her now. And so, like Barbara, Man, like, like Barbara Mandrell singing sing sing swingle in a double bed or double wide, you know, it's just going to be me and Pastor Melina and no one else. Kids are gone. You come over. Mom and Dad, where are you? We're out having fun. I don't know what you guys are all talking about. Or you guys seem like you're always gone. Well, that's because you were holding us back. Don't just come over. You better you let us know you're coming over. Because the Bible said they were naked and unashamed. Now we're just living out the Bible. You, all, you come home unannounced into my house. Hey, it's on you, not on me. You walk on the house, lock on in, and you see Daddy strutting around. Hey, that's on you. There should be a joy at, at the end of your life. There should be a testimony. They loved one another. They sought God first. They made it a point. To show that it was important to love your spouse. They modeled love. They modeled friendship. They, they, to be led by the Spirit is a no-brainer for me. Because I know that certain things I don't have to pray about. There's some ladies I don't have to think twice about. Because I've seen enough good modeled in my life to know this is good. Because he's got great plans for your life. Proverbs 20, 27 says, The spirit of a man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. I love this scripture. Because it says that God is willing to open up and get on the inside of you and show you something. And how many of you know we need to see something? Say, I need to see something. Because there's things in you that you need to see. Some things that you were not aware of. Some things that you've been ignoring, too. Oh, I forgot that underwear is there in the middle of the room. Oh, I forgot that I, I, I started a project that I didn't finish. And that the Lord is reminding me, hey, this still needs to be dealt with. You've been ignoring this. And as all the men got distracted all of a sudden, where's my change? Where's my change? How many tiles are in the ceiling? I think there's 362. I think. Maybe there's more. I better, I better do a recount. Maybe there was a hanging chad. I don't know. I'm telling you that we ought not to get distracted. We should allow God to illuminate our lives to find out what needs to be removed. What needs to go. Does apathy need to be removed? Does lacking of caring need to be removed out of my life? Does that little glaze over my eyes that keeps me from recognizing how wonderful my wife is, does that need to go? Does, does my lack of uh, injecting in my kids, like ignoring their behavior, going to help them at all? Do I need to intervene in that area? What, what Lord, are you showing me with, with your candle in my heart that I'm not dealing with? What, I have unforgiveness? You know, some number of years ago, I, I, you know, I, I, we, we laugh and cry about some of these things. But, you know, a number of years ago, I'm teaching, and by the, by the Spirit of the Lord, I said, there's someone here, if you don't forgive your husband, you know, you, God is not going to be able to heal and touch your life and move. And there was a woman who was a visitor that day in a wheelchair. And at the end of the service, I, you know, you figured forgiving should be easy particularly between you and your spouse. But when, as a man, you've ignored your relationship, your relationship and your duties to your God, you create this wall of pain to where even the person next to you doesn't want to forgive you anymore. And here she's in, and she's in all this pain, and she's suffering. And she looks over, and she goes, I, she says to me, I don't know, you know, I'm talking about forgiveness and receiving healing. And she says, I will never, I will never forgive him. 
And, and, and two, three weeks later, she passes away. Unforgiveness, undealt with sin, forgetting to turn the light on to see where you're at in relationship to the Father brings devastation, not illumination. Brings desperation on your life. And it's not worth it. Ignoring things isn't worth it. Not putting on the light of the Lord, not putting on that candle doesn't bring joy to you or the Father. But He is a good God. He's always good. Let's open our Bibles to Genesis chapter 3. You know, many times we see guidance in other ways than God said or intended us to follow. When we do, we get ourselves into trouble. We sometimes judge God is leading us by, by what our physical senses tell us. Well, I didn't get goosebumps. Oh, I, oh, I see I got goosebumps, so I'm going to follow that. But nowhere in the, does in the Bible does it say that we're to follow our goosebumps. Or to follow our physical senses. Too often we look at things from a mental standpoint. And we, we fleece God. Well, God, if you do this, I'll do that. But you have, the, you, have a, you have an unction from the Holy One and you will know all things. I even dare say some of you know better. You know better. You know better. You, you, you've, been, you've known the Lord too long to throw out a fleece. You've gone to a good enough church long enough to know that it's not right. But yet you, you, you see a job open opportunity come and you take it. And the Lord didn't tell you to take that job. Well, it pays more. Well, that doesn't mean you should take it. Well, I got a promotion. Doesn't mean you should have taken the promotion. I got real quiet when I talk about promotions or taking jobs or, 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 or moving to a different town. Well, you move to a different town, but they don't, they don't teach the word. There's no word church there. There's no word and spirit church there. But yet you, you pick up and leave. And I've seen believers. I've, years I've seen this happen. Years I've seen this happen. Time and time again. You hear people, you hear ministers preach on this thing. And it's sort of like, it's sort of like a, a rock, skimmed rock, skipping on the river and then just sinking. It's like they, they, they ignored the stop signs. And the stop sign is singing because as they've seen it preached in the word. They don't look at their inner man. They just looked at the opportunity. They saw an open door. It's, it must be God because God wouldn't open up a door if it wasn't the Lord. Now, I'm not saying that problems won't come because you step through an open door. But when the open door, behind the open door is, there's no more spiritual relationship. There's a sacrifice. I don't go to a church that's going to teach me the word. It's going to teach me about healing. It's not going to teach me about my authority as a believer. It's not going to teach me about the things that count and matter to my life to help me grow. Yeah. That's not an open door. It's called an open trap. And sometimes we think the devil's just going to show up with some, his, his, his cape and some horns and wave it around. He's going to go, I'm the devil, you know. Like he's going to come dark with these big, massive horns, and we're going to be able to distinguish whether or not that's the devil. Yeah. But that's not always the case. Right. And over here in, Gen in, in Genesis chapter 3, the Bible says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field. Subtle. That word subtle means shrewd. It means cunning. It means crafty. It means sly. It means sensible. It means prudent. Now I want you to stop for a moment. This serpent isn't just any normal fella. This guy, this guy is, he's all that. But this guy was also responsible for a third of heaven angels falling with him. Third of heaven went with him. That means he was able to sell somebody something. Yeah. He was able to sell a thought. 
He was able to sell away. He sold it. And he knew how to sell it. Because he was sly. He was gifted in one thing. Selling the deception. And too many of us are too quick to buy into the deception. Trading in what already rightfully belongs to us. You have too much to give up. You're like a man who's drunk on, the, on gambling, who's unwilling to quit, and throws all his livelihood to gamble against the devil himself. And he's the one holding the cards. You're playing his game, but you're going to lose. Because it's his cards. It's his game. It's his deck. He's cheating. And you don't even know it. You're unaware of his game. You're unaware of his wickedness. I thought, you were, I thought we were just playing a game. No, you were playing for keeps. And what you inevitably will lose is your destiny because you're playing with the wrong guy. He makes everything look so delicious. He knows how to plate his deception. The Bible says when you sit and eat with a, with a wicked man, know what's set before you. Know what you're taking in, because his heart is really not there with you. And that's how the devil is. He's not there with you. He's not really there with you. Oh, you sure you seem like you're having fun. But he's not there with you. His, his plan, his goal, to pull you into darkness. And he further says this. And he says to the woman... Or shall we say, the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field that he made. And he said to the woman, Yea, hath God said that you shall not eat of the tree of the garden, which happens, you happen to know is off limits for every, whatever reason, because God already gave you the reason. He already gave you the reason. You know, there's a concrete leadings. There's very concrete leadings. This is very concrete. It's not like they didn't hear this written somewhere. Oh, there's instructions here. Don't eat that tree. I wonder why. It says, well, this is going to do this. No, they heard it first word. They heard it from straight from the horse's mouth. They heard God. That, so there was no praying about it. There was no double guessing. Well, I wonder if we all to eat from this tree. I don't know, but it sure looks good. I mean, it looks fine, pretty fine for eating. There was, no, there was no debate. It was already un, an understood fact. Yeah. Understood. It's an understood fact I'm not supposed to sleep with another woman. Yet I, I fell down and had an affair. Yeah. I just fell down. Like what? Someone disrobed you, disrobed you and made you trip and you fell into bed with another woman? No, there's no falling. It's premeditation. There's premeditation going on here. Yeah. It's playing with ideas. It's touching things you shouldn't be touching. It's allowing yourself to go places that it shouldn't go. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Date certain people you shouldn't date. Yeah. Talk to boys you shouldn't talk to. Yeah. Because it's a temptation to you. Because I don't want to be myself. I want to be like the rest of the girls who've got their boyfriends. I want to be like the, I don't want to be like the rest of these nerds. I want to have my own girlfriend. Yeah. Right? It's a temptation. And all that's there, it's a, it's, a stack of, it's a stack of cards set up against you to take you out. And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the tree of the garden. Sometimes we know enough truth to get us hurt. Because we lack the urgency or the sense to heed the instruction. We fail to see the awkward elephant in the room. Intentions, our intention is dangerous. Not to the, bring the problem to God as, the, as God was the problem. Because you know he's holding out on you. He doesn't want you to have fun. He's, he's out there to crush your dreams. You know, I look at people's life when they do things right, I see the blessing. 
I saw Brenda, I'm using Brenda as a, te as a testimony. She didn't know I was going to do that this, this morning, and I, and I didn't even know it either. So thank you, Brenda, for walking right. She's, she made a decision that she wasn't going to date anybody until it was the right person. She just wasn't going to talk to anybody just because I wanted her to see, date somebody. I thought a good Christian man, I thought for sure she's going to date this one. <laughs> no, he ain't it. Well, at least give someone a chance. How are you going to know? The only person she's ever given a chance to was my, my brother-in-law. She stayed chaste. She stayed pure before the Lord. She made a decision that regardless of her circumstances, she was going to follow the plan of God for her life. And little did she know that he was going to be a good man. Little did she know that there was going to be a blessing to their wedding. Little did she know that, that, there, that there was a blessing to following the plan of God. See, you don't see everything right away. You don't see everything right away. Because it's called the life of faith. The life of faith doesn't see it around the corners. It doesn't see everything. It just shows you enough. It just shows you enough to know that this is right. It just shows you enough this is the way. It shows you enough to say, hey, there's going to be some ups, there's going to be some downs. But at the end, you're going to end up at the top of the mountain. At the end, you end up at the top. Sure, people are going to go falling, falling down holes. Sure, you're, as young people, you're going to see bad things happen to good people because not all good people listen. Christians, they don't, don't listen. They go to church every Sunday and they don't listen. They do what they want to do. They live how they want to live and expect God somehow to sovereignly move upon it and bless it. Maybe he will, maybe he won't. We're not sure. Well, the reason why you're not sure is because you don't know the word. You haven't been spending enough time with the word. You don't know the Lord and you're ignoring too many things he's already told you before. So how is he going to speak to you if you've been ignoring him? How is he going to speak to you if you ignore him? I said, how is he going to speak to you if you ignore him? He's a gentleman. He won't kick the door open. Well, if he thought I would just drop down from heaven and speak to me personally, you probably would still ignore him. Because you would think, man, that was some really good pizza. What did I just eat? You wouldn't be able to distinguish whether it was a father. Because you've ignored him too long. It's about having a soft and tender heart before the Lord that leads us into this more. Which leads us, which leads us to a place where there's joy. But the fruit of the tree, which was in the midst of the garden, God had said, you shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. All, not all the decisions you make are going to cause you hurt, hurt and pain right away. You marrying the wrong person, isn't gonna, you're going to have your little honeymoon. But that honeymoon's going to end. Not every sin is going to bite you right on the, on, on the, on the backside right away. But it will. My, my spiritual father used to say, payday don't always come, but it comes. Good and bad. It, it, payday comes. And that way, that's why it's so important we sow good seed. Yeah. Seeds of righteousness. Yeah. Make sure, hey, my heart is a, is a good ground. Good, yeah. good ground. Amen. Amen. And the serpent said, you shall, not, you, sh you, you, shall sh you, you shall die. For God knoweth in the day that you eat thereof, your eyes will be open. And you shall be as God, knowing good and evil. So isn't that interesting? He's telling you, you're going to be like God, knowing good and evil. But guess what? They were already made in the image of God. They were already made in the image of God. Notice something. The lower is telling the greater, God, you're going to be like God. When it's, you're already, do you see the game that's being played? Do you see the cheat that is going on? They have a position. They already have a place. They're already walking with God. They already have firsthand revelation. They, they have such an intellect that they already are able to name all the animals in the all, all the animals. So that means that they have enough intellect. They are very smart. They have a free will now working. God, 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 God loves you so much that He gave you a free will. In other words, you're not going to love me because you have to love me. You're going to love me because you love me by choice. I am not, I am, if I'm going to have a relationship with my life, my wife, and she doesn't love me because 
she, she's making it a, a, an oath within herself that no matter what, she's going to love that knucklehead. She's, I'm going to love Marcus no matter what. Even when he's being dumb, I'm going to love him. Because I'm committed. That's love. Your God says, I'm going to love you no matter whatever decisions you make, I'm still going to love you. I may not like your decision, but I'm going to love you nonetheless. And because you messed up, now I have to send my son to sacrifice his life for you. To see you come back. To see your life turn around. And you know the funny thing is, they didn't, they, when they didn't die right away, it was true. They didn't die right away. It's true. They didn't die. This is where we get feel, feel, fooled by our sins. Oh, I got, I'm getting away with it. I'm getting away with it. My parents don't know. My company doesn't know I'm stealing money. They don't know. Oh, it doesn't matter. The devil will let you steal as much money as you want. And then one day you'll get caught. One day. One day one person will find out and you'll be in the pokey. One day your wife will find out and you're out in the street. One day. See, the devil don't, the devil don't work that way. He lets you do it all what you want. And then one day he's out. And you're like, oh, I, what are you? Then you're, the gig's up. Then the gig's up. That's how he works it. He don't play fair. He loves playing dirty. He loves doing you dirty. And you're like, God, why did you let me get caught? God didn't let you get caught. God let you get caught. God let you get caught. God let you get caught. No difference than her, you taking a, her taking a bite of that apple. God let you get caught. And they got caught. Because God came back and was looking for them. Hey, where are you all at? Oh, we hid. Why are you hiding? Because oh, we were naked. Who said you were naked? He already immediately knew when he, you're hiding and you're saying you're naked. He already knew something was up. Praise God. And there they ate, and their eyes were open. You know, when you cut a tree or you cut a flower off, and it's away from its root, do you know that that, that head of that bulb still lives? And that it still blooms, but it doesn't know that it's been separated from its life source? Many people think, because their life is continuing, regardless of being disconnected from God, that they're okay when really they've been disconnected from their life source far too long and they don't realize that they're drying up and they're dying. Too many are drying up and not, not, not knowing where, they're, where they should be. Death doesn't happen all at once. Separation doesn't all happen at once. It's a process. I said it's a process. And it's step by step by step by step, slowly cutting away. The devil's patient. One third. One third. One third of heaven left with him. One third believed the lie. One third. That's who they're dealing with. They're dealing with a master of deception. And people think they have wisdom. Because they went to college. Because they went to the school of hard knocks. I've been to the school of hard knocks. I'm street smart. Street smart is the same as being street stupid. There's no difference. Absolutely no difference. Well, these kids are book smart. They don't know nothing. Maybe true. But living like the world doesn't mean you're smart either. Just because you know how to cheat someone doesn't make you smart. Having a pure heart, innocent, makes you dumb. Boy, what a lie of the enemy. Do you see how that works? Do you see how, how, blatant, how blatant that is? Just to make someone feel like they don't know it. Oh, they're gullible. They just believe everybody. Or maybe they're just giving that person the benefit of the doubt and they have a pure heart. Well, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. 
I'm sure they may do what they say they're going to do, and maybe they, for a time, get away with it. But they truly don't get away with it. Because they've built a reputation. A reputation earned is better than a reputation destroyed because of lack of character. James 3.15 says this. It says, For the wisdom that descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. For where envy and strife, and there is confusion, and every evil work. But the wisdom that is from above, it's pure, then peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated. In other words, easy to be applied, full of mercy and good fruit, without partiality, without hypocrisy. What a God we serve. What a God you have. Full of mercy. Have you? How do you know this? Has, has my mom been talking to you? Has my daddy been talking to you? Boy, that's how the devil will work. Yeah. Some, somehow they must have known. Somehow someone's been talking. Nobody's been talking to anybody. Do you know, Pastor Molina, when the kids were doing something wrong, they'd come home. We would know immediately, ah, oh, they're up to no good, da 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 da, da. We, Holy Spirit just would always tell them all the time, in advance. In advance. It isn't a magic trick. It's called listening to the Holy Spirit, the inner witness. And I'm telling you right now, the Lord's telling me, there's some kids here, you better watch your step. Don't, don't think you're smarter than you really, you really are. Just because you can get away with a few things doesn't mean God is, finds approval in it. You will, buy, you will get bit on the place of your life that you do not want to be bit on. It's a stacked card. It's a stacked card. He's pl and, you're playing against, and you're playing against the evil one. And you think you're going to beat him on his deck. You will not beat him on his deck. You will never beat him at his deck. You will not beat him playing your game. He's too wise on you. He's too, in his game, he's superior because he's holding the cards and he's cheating. But in God's game, in God's world, there's repentance. There's forgiveness. There's turning around. There's a cleansing by the blood of Jesus Christ. There's, there's freedom. There's, there's, there's a knowing that I can be confident in him and that I don't have to focus on all my mistakes anymore. And here's the flip side of that. You can focus on so much of your mistakes that you never get up and out of your hole. You feel so defeated like her that you never have a relationship like the way you should have with, with God. But God has mended the bridge. That's why repentance is so important. That's why we, we always talk about the big three. Be quick to repent, be quick to believe, and be quick to forgive. The big three. Brother Hagen talked about it. That's what we should be doing. If we found that we've allowed ourselves to slip and go in the wrong direction, and we may have been there too long, you wake up and you're like, you know what? You dust your clothes off. You go on home. You, you, you get your covenant stuff out. You, you, get, you, get your, you get your cracker. You get your grapefruit juice. And you make a covenant with God. You say, God, this day, I consecrate my life to the plan. I separate myself for your plan because you have the best plan and I lift up this I lift up this bread I lift up this I thank you for the body I thank you for the covenant I and every day you do it daily you do you hold it up before you you do it daily because there's a there's life to it the Bible says when you do this often you do this often in, in remembrance of me Smith Wigglesworth did it daily. Brother Copeland does it daily. And I was laying in my bed one evening, because I don't do it. I hadn't done it every day. And one day, you know how some days just, the word just gets, gets constantly thrown out. And finally one day you like, oh, wait a minute. I think I'm missing it somewhere. I think I need to be doing this daily. And I said, Lord, is there something I need to be doing daily that he goes, I'm glad you asked. Yes, there are. He says, you do this daily. And one this time I'll tell you when to tell your people to do. They should do it daily. This is the day. 
you should take communion daily. And you should bring it to the Lord, before the Lord. You as a married couple, it doesn't have to be as a married couple. It, just, it could be by yourself. There's times where we can't do it together because it's just however our schedules are worked out. But we should do it daily on our own. He says, for this reason, many are sick. Many die. Many leave this world too early. It's important that you and I daily recognize the covenant and the consecrated effort that we will take in our lives to have a relationship with him. Every day. It's too important, George. Too important. Too important. It's too important. It's too important to let these things go. These things, this, this light that he walks us up to, it's too important. It's too important to hear it and then walk away from it. Too important just to hear and just let it escape our souls, escape our hearing from one listen. Too important. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. For we are children that walk in light. We don't turn away from the light. We stay in it. We stay in it. Say, I stay in it. I stay in the light. With every person's eye closed and head bowed. I sense in my heart there are some folks here and I don't want you to raise your hand right now or, or raise your hand at all. But right now you need to make a conscious effort to say today I make a consecrated effort to follow after you, Lord. To put relationships that don't belong in my life, to put them away. Say right now, I put them away. Everyone together, say I put all these relationships away that don't belong. I let them go. And I keep the godly relationships in my life. I guard my heart. I guard it. For out of it flows the issues of life. Say, I'm a new creature. I don't focus on what I've done. I focus on the path that I'm supposed to walk. And I'm consecrated to it. Holy living. Through holy living. I walk it out. Isn't God good? I'm telling you right now, there is such a pureness, such, such a sweetness that is here right now. I sense people making a, a, a conscious decision to say, you know what? No more messing around. This is for real. It's real. It's real. Just add to it, Sophia. It's real. It's real. I know. It's real, and I have an unction from the Holy One, and I know what to do, I know where to go, I've got an unction, I've got an unction from the Holy One, I know what to do, I know where to go, I've got an unction. I've got an unction. I've got an unction. Oh, I've got an unction. Oh, what a friend we have in Jesus. To know and to flow. For it will not be the same as it was before. No more darkness, no more clawing away around, but walking in the light, following the promptings of the Great Holy One. 
Father, we thank you this morning for your word. We thank you that you took the time to show up in this service and be big in our lives. And I thank you, Father, for these people who are good listeners, good doers, for they desire a deeper, intimate relationship with you. And we praise you, Father, from the, from the very deepest parts of our hearts, that we, our lives are being transformed, that, that we are different, that we no longer want to be the same, but we magnify the greatness in you in us. And we worship you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Now I know all of you and I know all of you are saved. I know all of you have given your heart to the Lord. But there's more parts in, he, in your heart that, he, that he, could, he would like to live in. There's more, of your, more areas in your heart that, you've allowed, that you have not allowed him to, uh, to occupy. Let him occupy the deepest parts of your life. Let him, let him be the lover of your soul. Amen? Amen. Well, I love you. We love you. And we'll join us on midweeks on Sunday. But Pastor William, do you have anything? You might. Praise the Lord. Just to live, um, as Pastor Marcus was saying, being consecrated to the Lord every day. There's a, a will, you know, you have to be willing, like he said, to give God everything in your life. Because nothing is hidden from the Lord. Nothing is hidden from him. He sees everything. And he wants to help you in that area. And so whatever it is, um, just give it to give it to the Lord and and he sees it already but maybe you haven't spoken it out to him because you're ashamed of something and you just need to release that shame release it to the Lord because there's no shame with Jesus he took your shame on the cross right. and I'm not telling you to tell everybody but mm -hmm. there's some things that you have hidden in your heart that you haven't released to God yeah. and you need to take it to the Lord and say Lord you know, and it's something that has been dogging you and it bothers you. And the Bible says that the devil is the accuser of the brethren. He'll accuse, accuse, and keep pointing out, well, you messed up, you messed up, you did this wrong. And the Lord wants you to just release it to him because he forgives you and he will remember it no more. So whatever area that is in your life, just release it to him. Matter of fact, right now, let's all close our eyes. If there's any area that's been, the enemy's been hounding you on, almost tormenting your mind when you go to bed at night and you're trying to go to sleep and he just keeps hitting away at your mind. You need to release it to the Lord. And I'm, I actually want to pray over your mind right now. Over, over that thing that's been bothering you. Father, I, I lift up these people right now, whoever that is mm -hmm. or those people are. Yeah. And devil, I command you to take your hands off of their minds. You leave them alone. In the name of Jesus, you go. No more torment. No more fear and no more shame. You don't even, that he's been trying to make you afraid of your past. Let it go. Once and for all, let it go. You are a new creature in Christ. Yeah, well, I did it when I was born again. Then ask God to forgive you and move on. I said, ask God to forgive you and move on and let it go. Let it go. I call you free. Say, I'm free. I'm free. My mind is free. And you have to say that to yourself in, in, in the middle of the night when the enemy's trying to bombard you. No, that's not me anymore. That's not who I am. I'm a new creature in Christ. God doesn't remember it. He doesn't remember it, so let it go. Amen? That's good. That's good. It's great. You can sit down.
Everything. I give you everything. Everything. I give you everything. I give you my time, all that I have, it's yours. I lay it at your feet. It was never mine to begin with. I am simply a steward. And Father, we let it go, all the pain and all the hurts. All that we think is ours, we let it go. <sighs> George, it's a new season for you. a new season for you, George. And it's going to be a good journey for you. You're just stepping in some stuff this year. Because you've been obedient. There's a fullness. A fullness to obedience. And a payday. So there's a fullness and a payday. Payday. Fullness. Thank you for the anointing on him. Thank you for the anointing on him. Thank you, Father. <laughs> Thank you, Father, for the anointing. <laughs> Father, we thank you for this service. We thank you for what you've done. And we release your people with power, with victory. And I thank you, Father, you are not done with them. In Jesus' precious, mighty name, amen, amen. Before you leave, tell each other you love each other. And men, before we leave, ushers, we're going to have our, um, our um, debriefing.